It's Friday the 29th of September and you're listening to the Women's Football Talk podcast. Well, Brad, the new season is nearly here for us recording. It's just two days away, man. Finally. Yay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I, I can't you want sound. To be more enthusiastic. I, know. I, I really do, but like, there's a reason this podcast is delayed by a few days. It's because I, as you can tell, sound a bit terrible. I've, I've had COVID all week. Yeah, just not what you want to be happening to you. No, especially with the plans we had. Oh, exactly. I'm still hoping to be available for Sunday because we have plans to go to the opening well, fixture. Exactly, between... Well, it is the opening fixture, so Villa Man United. Uh, but yeah, a big, big season ahead in the WSL. Uh, Chelsea are looking to do an unprecedented thing and win their fifth title in a row you got Bristol City, who were promoted from the Championship last season. And we have quite a few new managers in the WSL this season. So, plenty to look forward to this year. I think the World Cup helped as well. There's anticipation in the air as well. Players coming in that did well at that World Cup as well. We're all excited oh. to see how they'll get on at this tournament. Definitely so. I mean, it was, what, end of May... That uh, the 22-23 season ended and it's now going to be October the 1st when this new season starts. So it's been a long, long time since we've seen uh, club action at the top level here in England. And I am really excited to see them, well, club players come over here. Uh, just uh, really excited this season because a lot of teams have strengthened really well, as we've mentioned in our previous podcast when we talked about the team's transfer business and yeah, like that, I just can't wait for it to start. Exactly. So, uh, how we're going to look at this? We're going to start off with who we think could be title challengers this season. Uh, I think it's hard to look past the obvious four from last year, isn't it? Yeah, there's no one else yet that is capable of being up there. As much as I would like to, to think that there's a, what there is one team in particular that is close and is progressing very well, but that's a chat for a little bit later on. But yeah, and out of those top four, I think we know who the obvious contender is, or who, who the favourites um, are in particular. And Chelsea, I think, are in strong contention to win five in a row. Yeah, I mean, they're just a formidable side at this minute in time. Um, yes, they've made uh, signings who may take a while to settle in. Uh, that's the case with every team. But realistically... It's pretty much a same base team as it was last season. The only two big losses for them are Magdalena Eriksson and Penilla Harder, who have both gone to uh, Bayern Munich. But I still think Chelsea, with the signings that they've made and the players that they've already got, you, you can't really look past them, can you? No, I don't. I don't think it's too possible, really. <laughs> like they're always you know the favourites. Um, I think just based on the quality that squad and the fact they keep winning it every year which gets annoying after a while like the yeah. question for them is obviously how is their team going to cope throughout the season if can they maintain the squad well enough is are they able to balance the focus with the Champions League as well they sort of did it last year and only they to, only to them not progress to the Champions League final which they probably would have wanted to but Barcelona again a very good team that was always going to be a challenge, yeah. but I think Chelsea are in the best stretch, I guess, to to win it, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking uh, throughout the season what their starting eleven could be, and if you look back towards last season, I think obviously Penilla Harder towards the last quarter, uh, what, last half of the season when she came back from her injury, or maybe last quarter of the season when she came back, was it like March time? Uh, she was quite uh, undrappable. And then obviously Magdalena Eriksson uh, being in the squad again, another player who's uh, undroppable. So I think those replacements... The old guy had easy. a point on that. Did you, 
Do you remember actually that stage when she did come back? Because Chelsea were they, they weren't slipping, were they? At that mm. point, they but just, there was a weakness. So like no one's scoring. Yeah, Sam Kerr's dipped a little bit, but, but she'll still turn up in the odd moment here and then and get the winner. And but then Padilla Harder comes back. It's like, oh, for God's sake, the Chelsea are good now. Mm. She took them to that uh, top gear that they needed to become champions when she came back from her injury, and she just it looked like she hadn't been. Uh, away from the side at all and then I think the one I'd, I'd say I'm intrigued the most about is that Magdalena Eriksson uh, replacement because obviously they signed um, Ashley Lawrence's past summer uh, you've got Kadisha Buchanan there and Ikenawan's back from her loan at AC Milan where she spent the second half of last season obviously Millie Bright will be there uh, Maron Mielder can play there as well so there's quite a thing that uh, I'd imagine it would be uh, Buchanan and Bright as the centre halves this season. That would be my guessing. Yeah, they seem to they seem to get a partnership together. Yeah. The the last season, I feel like even people losing two players like that who were at the club for such a long time, it's important as they were. They Chelsea are in the transition phase, or at least starting that process and and they felt like it was time to move on from those players and they got the replacements in just as quick and they're, they're just as good with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, goalkeeper situation, obviously like, they loaned out some assigning Nicky Everard. They're fine. Oh yeah, yeah. I think like it's, <laughs> I think they're it's okay. not something that they're going to be worried about because you got uh, Anketrenberger, Zichiramovsevic, who most likely will play most of the games of those two, and then maybe, I don't know, a Conti Cup or an FA Cup round, you may see uh, Hannah Hampton coming to the side. But yeah, goalkeeping situation is just about keeping those two, mainly Musevic and Ketrenberger, happy in the rotation and regular enough. And, and then, like, you look elsewhere in the team, there is no real weaknesses. Um, Maybe you'd start saying, well, where if Sam Kerr gets a big injury, who scores the goals then? That would be my only question mark. Yeah, because as we said, like well, what was happening when Penelope Harder was injured, Sam Kerr wasn't hitting like Patrick's, I guess. But I could see it's weird. Like, who is Katarina Vicario going to do okay? Like, straight away, we don't know. Like, she's coming back off of a long-term injury as well. Is Mia Fisher going to be ready from the start? Probably not. She's still young. There's a lot of room for her to grow as well. Yeah. And then, obviously, you've got uh, Lauren James, Frank Herbie, Guru Wright, and Erin Cuthbert, who will all probably be uh, in and amongst the goals this season, as they have been uh, for Chelsea. So, they will still score goals and still obviously be the favourites for the title but maybe that is a bit of an issue that could potentially arise obviously you don't want to wish an injury on any player but I think that would be a very intriguing one to see what uh, Emma Hayes would do if Sam Kerr was out was to be out for a couple of weeks or so yeah but that's obviously I guess speculation that's why we're trying to look ahead to the future that Chelsea fans would dread very much so. I think now we should move on to uh, their potential rivals. It looks it looks like it's going to be London, the London team that's going to be their closest challenger. Arsenal, they're, they're back, it seems. Their, their squad looks very good. I think a lot of them, a lot of people are backing them to be Chelsea's main challengers. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think the business we've seen them do this summer has been uh, absolutely fantastic. Bringing in uh, Chloe Lacasse, uh, Alessia Russo up top. Uh, they brought in Leia Kadina, Amanda Illestat at the back, Kyra Cooney cross coming in on deadline day. It's a really strong uh, squad that they've got. And then throughout the season, uh, you'd expect Beth Mead and Vivian Miedemar to be back uh, this side of uh, the new year. And then uh, Leah Williamson and Laura Veenreuter potentially uh, in 2024 uh, for this season. So, yeah, really strong Arsenal squad. And I think 
what helps Arsenal this season is that they don't have Champions League football, so they can go all guns blazing at uh, winning the league. Yeah, uh, like I'd, I'd agree with that to an extent, but I would also say, does that not also ramp up the pressure on them to be involved in the title challenge? I think it does definitely because uh, everyone knows that their focus now is just going to be on the league mainly and uh, everything that they do will be scrutinised how well they do certain things and I think if your uh, concentration is just solely on that they can have performances that will slip up Um, I mean if you remember was it two seasons ago now, they had that really random slip-up against Birmingham City uh, where they lost like oh, one gotcha. or two new. Uh, like, and that just, that's what seemed to blow that title that away from the them. League, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's it's mad, like, you have to be perfect, especially when it comes to Chelsea, who lose, like, what, once or twice mm. a season? Like, every game, even more so when you play them, like, you have to get the result. And that's yeah, what's going to be massive. Yeah. Um, but I think Jonas side of our side will definitely uh, be able to do that this season. I think, obviously, the disappointment for them is not getting into the Champions League uh, after getting to the semi-finals last season. But, uh, yeah, I think you will see a real determination from this group to get into uh, the Champions League again for next season and uh, be winning more than just the Conti Cup. Yeah, um, to go back to the injuries point as well, is it safe to say Arsenal and their squad can only really get stronger as it goes on this season? Because yeah, I mean, like different players coming back at different periods of time during the season as well. You can only help them as long as they don't lose other players to long-term injuries. Yeah, I think. If whilst those players that we mentioned previously are still out and they get a big injury, then it would uh, start ringing uh, alarm bells for Arsenal if that were to happen. But uh, yeah, I think it's such a good thing that they, uh, all four of the players that were on ACL injuries last season will come back at uh, staggered points this season. Yeah, uh, with that, I think we could move on to the other two clubs that we would expect to be up there. We've got to go up north this time to the Manchester clubs. We'll start with Manchester United. It's been an interesting summer. I think we could safely say. Definitely. I mean, uh, obviously the big news at the start of the summer was both uh, Onobatier and Alessio Russo leaving uh, as free agents. And then the business Man United have done, signing Champions League winners in JC Ferreira and Melvin Millard. And the World Cup Golden Boot is now playing for Manchester United like, it's been a really uh, good summer in terms of incomings for Mark Skinner's side. Yeah, I think I'd agree on that. And would you say, even with all that, like, can they carry on from last season? Like, squad changes and also the manager's ability to rotate that squad. How massively important is that going to be? Oh, yeah, I think... Uh, the rotation definitely is going to be uh, a key thing to look out for this season with Manchester United, especially if they manage to get into the Champions League group stages because uh, you're playing the better teams in the Champions League, uh, more games, so what, six, six uh, added games for home and away times in the group stages. So it is going to be uh, very key. Can they continue what they did last season? I think it's very possible. Uh, but you also look at Arsenal and Chelsea and you think, OK, there may be one or two bits where you say they're slightly better than Manchester United. I mean, I'm looking at that back line of defenders May United have got. And whilst May Letizia was absolutely phenomenal last season, I think the defensive cover and depth is where my personal question marks are with Man United at this minute in time. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I, I think like, if they were going to add in quality signings, I think defensively they needed to add one or two in as well. Jim Rivens, I know he's, he's an okay signing. I don't think she's a signing that is the same level, I guess, as a JC Ferreira or a, a Hinata Miyazawa, uh, I guess. Yeah. 
and then uh, obviously uh, they got Evie Rabajan on her first professional contract as well. So she, you can't really be saying uh, if Millie Turner or uh, May Letizia go down injured, you can't be expecting an 18-year-old to come in and step up straight away. I mean, is she capable of doing it? Of course she is. Yeah. And could she do a really solid job? Of course she could, but there's that pressure of, say, if one of them get injured, I don't know, December, January time, and they're out for oh, a couple of months, Will Evie Rabjohn and Gemma Evans be able to step in and do a strong enough job for them? Yeah, like it's a question I'm sure we'll get answered at some point. Uh, to move on to the other Manchester club, that's Manchester City. Very different sort of business, i.e. barely any at all. Just the one sign. It was a very good uh, sign. Uh, a very good sign in there. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Fantastic, and I'm happy to see another Dutch international. <laughs> Come back, kids. The only Englishman who was uh, secretly yeah. cheering this week for the Netherlands. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, very strange summer for all of them. I mean, Gareth Taylor getting a one-year extension at the start of the summer, dual road being their only business. I think, For me, there's more question marks around the city side than I have answers at this minute. I can understand it, I guess. I don't know if we're the only ones having that I've listened to many of many of the other wider the uh, spectrums of women's football media they've definitely got Man City doing okay again like I, I think they, they can still have the potential to be in the title race they were up there last season after that massive streak which I don't think anyone saw coming after the way they started last season like we saw them in person in that first right, game yeah. it was just like oh this team is not good anymore no, they looked absolutely dreadful uh, yeah. on that first day last season. But yeah, there's definitely uh, been improvement in the City team at points when we saw them for the rest of uh, the 22-23 season. But it's, I'm just thinking, okay, who steps up if Khadija Shaw gets a long injury uh, for them? Is Chloe Kelly going to be back to her best D- defence? Who is going to be their starting defenders? And can Ellie Roebuck be back to her best? Because she had a very uh, up and down season last season. Yeah, I was about to make the answer because they've, they've got Jess Park back from her loads about Everton, which went very well. Is this a season where she could step up? Give her the chance, obviously. I just, I mean, she can and probably should be. But at the same time, I think he... Gareth Taylor is very settled on a front three of Shaw, Hemp and Kelly. Yeah. I, mean, I just wonder if she comes off the bench a lot more and then if she takes the chances then she'll get a lot more minutes. Um, another one who I think needs uh, more minutes this season is Mary Fowler because that was, also, that was the name what was. we saw from her at yeah. the world. I was trying to think of the name. I couldn't think who it was. And it, yeah, you're probably... Like her at the World Cup, she was absolutely phenomenal for the Matildas. And I remember many people screaming, like saying, well, why haven't we been able to see this at Manchester City? Like she hasn't been given the chance to uh, shine so far for them. I mean, played in 22 games since joining last summer. I would imagine most of them were from uh, the bench, if not all of them from the bench, because I just, it's hard to say, because like when Hemp, Kelly and Shaw are all firing. You're like, okay, where does Mary Fowler go in this 11? But at the same time, you think when you've got players of that potential, I actually would be starting her. But I think that's uh, a very good problem for City to have in that forward line is that selection problem of Kelly, Park, uh, Fowler, Shaw. Um, You could probably even play Jill Rod amongst the front three. It's a good problem to have, but you could have hoped Gareth Taylor sorts it out right and doesn't have too many problems with that. Yeah, and there'll probably be questions about his future throughout the season as well, depending on how Manchester City go on to, to do. He obviously signed a one-year extension. Does he sign another one if they have another good season? Or do they like decide to move on from him after this season? Like We all thought, we, I guess, they were going to do it last season. But then he surprisingly signed the extension and it was like, oh, okay. 
but then it makes more sense why they wouldn't have spent as much this summer if he's only here for a season let's delay that then for another year and then do the rebuild yeah I mean you have a lot of queries that like is that just saying okay we couldn't find the manager that we wanted this summer so we'll give Taylor an extension and then next summer we'll be fine getting a new manager in and allowing a rebuild process to happen or is it purely that they actually think he's the right manager but they just want to have the security blanket over themselves that if they do do poor this season i.e finishing I don't know say sixth or below then you're like well thanks but for the time think, but we're able to go and go I think the disappointing season for Manchester City is finishing out of the top three again I kind of agree but at the same time I'm thinking that's a very strong top three you've got to try and beat uh, like knocking either Arsenal Man United or Chelsea out of that is going to be very hard and they're definitely capable of that but I think anything lower than a fourth place finish would be where my real disappointment for uh, this City side come in. Like if they finish fifth or below, then I think uh, we can be, definitely be questioning uh, Gareth Taylor's position. Yeah, I think he's set his sights on being amongst the top challengers again. So they'll they'll that aim and they'll be hoping to to achieve that again. Maybe even win it. But I think we can move on. I think that's enough yeah. sort of challenges to talk um, of that. Unless, unless you want to include Aston Villa in that. I mean, I, I, I don't mind. It's, it's up to you. Uh, I think we should do the next like three or four teams who we think are going to sit. Oh. We'll, so, I think we'll, we'll class this bit as like our big improvements or our potential surprise packages this season. Yeah. I mean, we could just talk Villa. First off, because I wouldn't say they'd be a surprise package at this point. I think it's expected that they'll finish fifth again. Yeah, I mean... Is that safe to say? Definitely, probably, out. if you look at the rest of the league, they would be the strong favourites. I mean, yes, there's been a few players that they let go, uh, but they've replaced them perfectly fine. I mean, you lose Hannah Hampton, you go out and get Daphne van Domsela, who, if you saw the England-Netherlands game uh, last week, you... No, sorry, Tuesday. Uh, you're like, wow, okay, that's a massive upgrade. Signing her for free. What a big, big signing that is. And then... Give her the five-year contract. <laughs> uh, then you managed to bring in Kirsty Hansen and, and a pattern permanently from their respective clubs. Sign Lucy Parker on a free. Like, the business of Aston Villa have done is very, very strong. And it wouldn't surprise me seeing them finishing fifth F again, if not potentially higher. Like it, it wouldn't. It's not too uh, unrealistic to think of that. No, like I'd like to think we're the closest team capable of even getting near that top four. Like, have we got the capability to do that? We'll, we'll end up finding out as the season goes on. I, I'm not brave enough to suggest that. Yeah, we'll we, we'll be up there. We'll be battling. We're coming. But the progress that the team has made from last season, it was like. Very positive. I hope yeah. that carries on this season. Definitely. Like, uh, the worst case scenario is doing what a an other like former fifth placed team did last season. Yes. You don't want to be the new Spurs. That's the last thing I want to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm really, really excited to watch. Not just this weekend, where when we're well, you hopefully, and I definitely will be at uh, Villa Park for it. But throughout the season, I think they could do really well in both the Conti Cup and FA Cup as well. Uh, and then the league is just... This Villa team, over the next two, three years, as long as they can keep everything going in the right direction, the trajectory of this club really is going to be uh, fantastic to see. Yeah, I think this is we can move to the other teams. Right now, and should we start with Brighton? Because they're one that is intriguing me slightly. I don't know if I want to go fully in on saying, yep, here they come. This is their season now. They're going to start their charge up the table. Yeah. But there's potential. Yeah, I mean, I am on that train of this is going to be Brighton's season. They've been uh, much better and 
see them rising. I mean, new manager in Melissa Phillips, who was uh, at London City Lionesses for the majority of last season before taking a brief spell over in the USA. Uh, yeah, I, I confess, right, I, not long ago, I didn't actually realise she was American. No, I didn't, to be fair. I, I did. It's kind of bad of me that I'm honest, but I accept <laughs> the... I accept that mistake. Yeah. Uh, then the signings are made. I mean, Vicky Lasada, Paulina Bremer, Tatiana Pinto, Maria Thorstatia. Like, that's showing real intention of, we don't want to be down amongst a relegation scrap. We want to be fighting up uh, and trying to be like the best of the rest uh, and on a more consistent basis this season. Yeah. The CEO has been vocal in the past about that as well from what I'm aware mm, of he's, he's talked about making Brighton's women's team one of the best teams in the WSL and now this season looks like he's trying to to do that yeah definitely and credit to them because uh, we're obviously all here for all teams improving uh, over the seasons how the league continue to grow and continue to grow in the women's game well yeah I, I think it it may be, you can't expect them to be all guns blazing straight away and have a fantastic uh, start, but uh, I think we'll see a better season. I think what hurt Brighton last season and what took them a while to get going again was after that 8-0 thumping uh, by Tottenham Hotspur, they, their whole morale and energy just seemed to be sapped away for that point and uh, Jens Schuer wasn't able to really reinvigorate them that much yeah like the turnaround is like pretty incredible it's almost like Brighton's men's team it's like oh it's not yeah. gone well but oh they've just turned it around straight like that like straight away with the manager appointment which for them is a good thing if they can start a replica game while the men's team do then it's only going to lead to success for their for the women's team definitely so I mean they've done brilliant they're doing that with recruitment as well so. then I'm going to start getting terrified <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! What, I mean, with the three or four Australian-based players that they signed, that's what's scary. Me, are they going to be unreal? Yeah, I mean, uh, the one player I saw stats from last season uh, was Mackenzie Hawksby, and she looks like a proper uh, goal scorer. So she could be that one Brighton potential bright spot. And you're like, oh, I didn't know she was going to be as good as she has turned out to be. Yeah, and obviously, we've got doing. Okay, as well. I think Liverpool are going to push on a little bit this season. It's one of them for me with Liverpool is they've got good quality players uh, now in the summer signings that they've made. But um, this for me, there's a bit of question marking over them. Um, obviously, I think I need to see them play over the first couple of weeks to have a real uh, clear idea of what Liverpool are going to expect this season. I mean, Grace is coming in brilliant signing uh, Marie Horbinger in midfield Sophie Roman Hogg who will be missing for the first couple of weeks due to a broken nose um, yeah I think it's positive steps that that beard side has gone to uh, make sure that they're a lot better than last season I mean him himself has signed a new contract extension with the club as well so he obviously has uh, faith in that Liverpool can turn it around and be uh, much more better side this season there's faith in the whole team becoming something as well they've just yeah. moved to Malwood as well if you'd seen them yeah. recently so yeah so got their own dedicated training ground the whole women uh, yeah. training at what was obviously Liverpool's iconic training ground for so many years uh, obviously with the men's training not too far away uh, with their ground but yeah I think having your own training ground as such a big one like Melwood that just shows the club are in the right steps making the right moves to become a better side and a more solid founded side in the league yeah fair play so uh, be honest I don't think there are many other teams that I would expect to surprise a few so I think we can look towards the bottom now I don't enjoy talking about the team who I think is going to be relegated but I think the majority of people would say that Bristol City are the team that are expected to go straight back down. Yeah, I mean, 
it, it could be a bit of unfair treatment that everyone says the newly promoted side are going to be the side that goes straight back down. But there, there is a massive leap uh, coming from the championship up to the WSL. I like some of the signings they've made. Megan Connolly coming in on a free agent. Uh, Carrie Jones signing permanently from Man United. Uh, Satara Mori going back to that team. Like Very good signings and can definitely help them have a strong solid season uh but yeah i think relegation is something that i think i've seen everywhere predict so far that it will be bristol city who go down but me personally i don't think it'll be like a clear gap from when they got relegated a couple seasons ago i think the relegation battle is going to be really close this season that's fair i think for me it's like if they do adapt well and they give it a good go then you got to give them a chance but until we see them in action against the WSL teams who have been here for a while that are fully established like that's what's the challenge for them are they capable of picking like they've got to pick up the results against the Leicesters the West Ham's the Tottenham's can they do it we'll, we'll find out yeah uh, another team I think will be in and around the relegation uh, battle this season is West Ham. I mean, you're losing uh, Grace Fisk, you lose Lucy Parker, club captain for five years. Um, Kate Longhurst leaves. I couldn't give a name for a second. Dagny Brinian Stati is not going to be available this season uh, as she's on maternity leave. Like, there's a big, big dark cloud for me over West Ham this season. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a an issue for West Ham this season. I don't know if there's... I don't want to say there's not been any effort put into the women's team, but they're one of the only ones to have yet played at their, the stadium where you would see the men's team play. So I, they haven't. it's not like they've not done any transfer recruitment. They were quite late to it, and that's not because Rianne Skinner was appointed late. Like She was appointed before the World Cup and there was nothing to say you couldn't do business during the World Cup as well so they had the time like oh, are they going to be good enough I don't know is Ryanskin going to get enough out of the players they have I think the one player and I don't want to add this pressure onto her but I think will be key for West Ham this season is Emma Harries I mean she's a fantastic young striker uh, one for England for the future of the next four or five years I'd love to see her get a first team call up but I think a lot of the goals for West Ham are going to have to come through her yes Vivian uh, SIE and Lisa Evans will probably chip in as well throughout the season but I think personally um, if Emma Harris is struggling to score goals then I think West Ham are going to struggle it's interesting as well because they've got a couple of players from Japan's World Cup team as well in there as well that Shimizu was there and they signed Rico Ueki as well who I liked personally at that World Cup before she was a good young player with a lot of potential is it right for her to go straight into this team we we don't know yet well I'm sure we'll find that out and obviously she's uh is it yeah she's not available until October because she's away with uh the national team for the yeah. Asian Games, I think that I remember yeah. West Ham putting I, out in the statement when she signed that she wouldn't be available until yeah, mid-October. Well, I don't want to say it's a loss because we don't know yet if it'll work out well. But it's definitely not something you want to be happening uh, when picking up points throughout the season. It's going to be massively for uh, them to try and stay in the league. Uh, personally, another team I've got who are going to be down there this season is Everton. Okay. So it's weird with Everton because I'm very mixed on them. Like I, I still think they've got a good enough squad, but I don't feel they're going down. Like I, it's still gonna, the squad has been gutted a bit, transfer wise. They've lost a few key players, even some on deadline day, which they were definitely not prepared for, which isn't ideal. Mm, definitely. I mean, uh, Gary George going on that deadline day, moved to Manchester United. Izzy Christensen retiring, Jess Park's loan, uh, obviously not being able to make that into a permanent. Like, they have three big losses at uh, Everton this season, and it's going to be, for me personally, I think it's going to be a really long season. I mean, 
They announced yesterday that Megan Finnegan is going to be the new club captain. Martina Piemonte, good striker at AC Milan last season, uh, scoring plenty of goals. Can she convert that in the WSL? It remains to be seen. So, to me, there's, again, questions and possible dark cloud over Everton this season. Yeah, it's it's one to work. Do we think Tottenham are going to be down there again this season? I mean, Beth England, as we know, is amazing and has been amazing for them. But she's not currently available, as we know. She is out with an injury that we don't know when she's coming back from. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's question marks. I mean, and again, like West Ham and Brighton, a new manager in uh, Robert Villemin coming from BK Hacken in Sweden. Um, got some good players in uh, Martha Thomas coming in. I think maybe it was only a buy because of Beth England's injury, uh, Barbara Votikova, goalkeeper coming in, uh, who replaces Tini Korpela, and then there's a few players, personally, that I'm not too sure how they do, because I haven't seen them before, in uh, Olga Artinen, and uh, the Chinese forward that they signed, I can't remember her name, uh, but it's one of them where I think we can expect to see improvements, but again, I don't know what to expect from them this season. I don't know whether you've seen uh, this article that came out yesterday saying uh, that Spurs men and women are trying to play like very similar styles. So uh, we could see a bit of Ange Ball come into the WSL. Get Ange in the WSL. Like the man, I like the man. <laughs> I just, honestly, I think well, most clubs should do that. I think it works well when you get a style, when you just put it down to every level and every team in the club it, it's proven to work and I think that can only I'll give it it's working for Tottenham currently men's side if it works for the women and that's maybe a positive for them but of course are the players going to be capable of doing that and defensively are they going to be good enough to withstand that I mean it's going to be a lot harder because defensively I think they have got um, one or two weaknesses uh, compared to obviously what their main side have. And then, <clears throat> I mean, we saw them last season. Their big problem before January was Beth England's goals. They just didn't seem to score goals at all last season with her out injured. Martha Thomas, uh, is she going to be one to score the goal straight away? Rosella Ryan uh, as well. So there's... Uh, that bit that's lingering around there for me is how can Spurs do it. I think when Beth England is back, I think we'll start to see more positive bit for Spurs. But when she's back at this minute, no one knows. Yeah, we don't know. It's hard to judge Tottenham until that happens. And then I, I guess that's it. I mean, there was only one thing we hadn't talked about, and that was Leicester City. Are they gonna are they gonna avoid it this year? Uh, you like them? Yeah, for me, I think when Willie Kirk came into that side uh, back end of last season's January, February time, I think it was, uh, I just saw a lot of improvements from the first half of the season. They seemed a much rounder team. Yes, they weren't getting all of the results they wanted to, but you saw better performances from them. I mean, uh, Janina Leipzig, what a fantastic find that was from them last season. And they've managed to sign her permanently this year. Absolutely uh, looking forward to that. And then the signings they've made, Janice Kamen, Lena Petterman, Deanna Rose. Uh, like, I'm really, really excited to see this Leicester team this season. And I, I think personally, they will be a much improved side um, this season compared to what we saw from them uh, 12 months ago. Yeah, oh, I would probably agree on that one. I think Leicester, like, surely they can only improve at this point, this is their third season now back in the WSL. The only downside is they're not coming into this season with obviously Premier League funding coming down from their issue maybe to help them out just a little bit. But I still think they're good enough. I don't know if they avoid the relegation battle personally. Yeah, definitely uh, an interesting thing to uh, pay attention to over the season. How well can they do? Yeah, uh, I think that's that's all the teams. That is it. Well, I think that is all the teams covered now. We've yeah, pretty yeah, much gone through everything. Well. And 
there's only really one thing left that we can do, and that's make our own predictions. Right, so we're now going to do our predictions uh, for this season. Uh, we're going to each give a team where we'll finish in each place. Uh, I will start off with uh, relegated, and I'm sorry, but for me, Bristol City are the team that are going to go down. Yeah, I, I also would back you on that one. I'd, I've gone with them as well. I think it's going to be a bit too much, sadly. I, I think they get a, a point here and there. I would see them getting a win against one of the other teams that are going to be down there as well. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, we'll do 11 through 9 next. Uh, for me, I've got West Ham in 11th place, uh, Everton in 10, and Liverpool in 9th place. See, that's, that's, that's so different to mine. Uh, this is what I was worrying about, the predictions, because I've got safe. I've gone for what well, I guess people would say is yeah it's fine i guess 11th i've got leicester i mean it's not too out of the realms of possibility but i think me personally i think their improvement sees them move up the table i can understand i guess from your point of view you think they're going to really progress it's it's probably your bold prediction for this whole thing of it that's what i thought yeah firstly i've got west ham 10th though like i agree with them having a, a hard season I just think it's going to be a tough one for them and then Tottenham I've got because yeah. I don't know how long Beth England's going to be out and I'm thinking that it's only a it's only a half the season so she goes back and they'll be fine and then they go tight yeah uh, okay we'll do eight through six now so the next three positions uh, for me, I've got Leicester climbing up the table into uh, eighth place. I do see that improvement from them. Uh, seventh, I have Tottenham Hotspur. I think, whilst you said, like you say, we don't know uh, the full length and extent of uh, Beth England's injury. I still do expect to see an improved Tottenham Hotspur side uh, this season. And in sixth place, I've got uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Okay, Jill, that's not too... Yeah, I can understand that one, actually. I, I, I just think it's all right. Uh, my eighth is Everton. Like, I can't put them lower, personally. I don't I haven't, I haven't fully watched them yet to to see, mm, okay, they're going to be right down there. Seventh is where I've then gone for Brighton. Well, yeah. I, I'm not prepared to go fully all out saying they go sixth. Like, I need to see them in action. As, as I said, I've got Liverpool. It's sixth. I think that's probably your boldest prediction. Is it really? I, I back Sophie Roman Howe to be a goal scorer for them that yeah. carries them up the table. But of course, I know she's out for the first few weeks, which is a loss. But I think she'll hit the ground running when she eventually plays. Mm, okay. I mean, I'd say we've both got a bold prediction this season and is he my boldest though are you really sure ah, it's one of your bold ones but definitely not are you sure <laughs> uh right uh we'll do fifth and then we'll do the top four so fifth for me aston villa uh right am i brave enough no because i said i, I went safe no aston villa i've gone fifth i i want to go higher with us of course I do, but I can't. Sadly, I want to win predictions in my first season of putting it out there in the public sphere. Exactly. I'm on season three now, maybe season four, and I'm ready I'm to go. I'm just allowed, allowed out there after last season. <laughs> I mean, that didn't do too drastically with some of that. Who did you have 11th again? I mean, Aston Villa. Exactly, you do your own get, it's amazing you're allowed an opinion, to be honest. To be fair though, no one was expecting Rachel Daly to be top goal scorer last season, and Kenta Darling... I, don't know, I think a few people well. were saying, Aston Villa are going to be really good, but then there's you, now nah, eleventh. Well, I was doing this, I, I think I did it before... I was Jordan editing Knox that last and... season with gritty teeth, like, yes, you're this guy. Yeah, but I think I did this that last season before Jordan Nobson, 
before Lucy Staniforth signed, because obviously she was a journalist. We all still thought Villa had something about them. For me, I did have them struggling, but hey, I'm happy to be proven wrong in that point. It feels stupid now, so you don't need to go and ask him on Twitter. Exactly. Uh, If you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, top four then. What have you got in there? Got Manchester City missing out in the Champions League. I think defensively is where they're going to miss out. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. City in fourth place. Um, I do think that defensive issues is where I am a little concerned uh, with them. So, yeah, I've got them just missing out. Third, I've gone for the other Manchester club. Manchester United will finish third. And I don't think they'll be as closely in the title race, personally. Oh, no, I... For me, I also have Man United finishing in third, but I do think this title race is going to be really close. Um, so it's going to be Manchester United just to miss out by maybe one or two points, or it could even come down to goal difference. Like, I'm expecting such a close title race this season. You've got the, the free horse race. Is that, like, <laughs> is that what you've got yeah. for this season? I That's really fair. do. That's fair, right. First place. I want to do this at the same time. It's fine by me. Although I know, I just know for a fact you have not gone for what I've gone. Okay, well, I'll allow you to do the your face. Your face says I've always looking at Catherine. After last year, I know exactly what's coming. So, three, two, one, Chelsea. Oh, small. There, there we go. <laughs> There we go. All good streaks must come to an end. They just and they for do. Me, I like, think this yeah. season is where it ends for Chelsea. Like I also would like Chelsea to lose the league, but I don't think it's gonna. But I think they're too strong. Yeah, I think what helps Arsenal in my eyes is the fact that uh, they don't have the Champions League football for them, and I just think that's really going to help them out massively. Uh, so that's why I've got them going up the table and winning the league title. Yeah, it's fair. Like, does anyone agree with our predictions? You can let us know. Definitely. I mean, it's not like I've said something overly uh, outlandish and saying, uh, I don't know, West Ham are going to win the league. Like, it is definitely in the realm of possibilities. Do you feel like Chelsea uh, fans don't know that much? I mean, there's obviously... Like we said at the start, they're the, probably the strongest team and one of the best in the league. But yeah, for me, I just I've got them uh, finishing second this year. Hey, hey, it's all opinions. At the end of the day, we're all allowed one. And of course, if you want to make your own predictions, we'll we'll probably put a post up on. Twitter or X, whatever you call it at some point, you can give your own predictions in that one. Maybe. And yeah, I think I think that's all we've got for this uh, podcast. Do you want to give our little four four or five other predictions? So cup winners, player of the year, top goal scorer, <laughs> oh, and God, yeah, breakout star. Totally had them written down. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about them. So apologies to that one. So yeah, I wanted us to predict the cup winners. So who's going to win the Conti Cup? who's going to win the Women's FA Cup. And then I had, who's going to win player of the season and who's going to be top goal scorer. I'm just going to go through all mine very quickly. Conti Cup, I think Arsenal retain. Uh-huh. Women's FA Cup, because I'm allowed one bias prediction. Aston Villa are going to win it. <laughs> hey, if you want to believe in this squad, then you do so. It was... It was so close last year and I was just so invested. It was amazing. I really wish they got to Wembley. Because it would have been amazing. Like, we haven't really discussed it. Like, this weekend, it's Villa versus Man United, the only fixture. It's our two teams. It's the Women's Football Talk derby, as we're trademarking it right now. Your trademark. <laughs> like, that would have been amazing. Trademarked in yes. our heads. In our <laughs> Marcus Rashford point. Uh like that would have been amazing in the FA Cup final last year but it's amazing that it's this weekend and hopefully we're both there because I'm ready to celebrate in your face when Kirsty Hansen blasts one into the top bins Eve you're up John 
90th minute off the bench or in a header <laughs> slides in front of the whole team. Just, just would happen. Like it, it just would. It's Villa, of course it would. Brilliant. Uh, by the season, I have gone because this, I've gone Chelsea to win the league. And I'm thinking Sam Kerr, I don't think will be top goal scorer. So I'm thinking by the season, will be Guru Wrighton. Okay. Again, don't really think that's such an outlandish shout at a phenomenal player. What a season she had uh, last season. And yeah, I do think uh, player of the season shout for Guru is definitely not something out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and I'm also top goal scorer. I'm actually going to go with someone who did very well last season as well. As much as I want to back Radja Daly, I don't think she's going to hit the same levels, but those levels were incredible. We've got to remember, like, she'll still have a good season. But I'm going for the other person who hit good heights last season and was probably very unlucky to miss out on the golden boot. I've gone for Khadija Bunny Shaw. Yeah, again, don't think that is uh, outlandish at all. Fantastic season, just missing out on the golden boot last season. Uh, and massively carrying Manchester City along the way uh, into a third place finish. Right, uh, so my predictions this season, Conti Cup, I've gone with Arsenal retaining that. Uh, I do think they're going to have a really good season in uh, the Cup and League. Uh, FA Cup, I've got Chelsea retaining their title there. I think uh, that's where we'll see Chelsea shine a lot uh, in that Cup. Player of the Year, I've gone with Arsenal's Frida Leonardson Mornham. I think she had such a big, big season for Arsenal last year and I think she will continue to show why she's such a quality player uh, and then my top goal scorer I've also gone with uh, Khadija Shaw so yeah uh, I think she will definitely lead the way this season in the WSL yeah that's really interesting I think that you've gone for Mornham for the player of the season I'd, I could understand your reasoning I don't know if I'd, I'd agree that she would win it in that case but we've got to see how the se- she, uh, a good season she has. She's definitely got it. She's got the yeah. capabilities to do it. So Definitely. Yeah, oh, it's a fair shot. Yeah. Right, uh, that is us done for our preview. And now, now that is us done. <laughs> yes. Hopefully the double clicked off after <laughs> I said it was. T- uh, we'll be back uh, next week to look back at the first weekend of uh, games in the WSL and all the talking points from across the world of women's football. Uh, if you want to check out an individual team preview, we have done one on each of the 12 sides. Head over to our YouTube channel, Women's Football Talk. And while you're over there, make sure you subscribe and turn on the personal notification bell so you don't miss a video. Uh, and any of the big stories, lines that come out of the world of women's football, make sure you follow us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and Instagram. We'll update them straight there, straight away. And obviously our uh, website as well, Women's Football Talk at substack.com for all articles throughout the season and with that that is the end of this podcast we will see you next week <laughs>